Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace. Well, it's time for the word of God. How many people got a physical copy of their Bible, like physical Bibles? How many? How many? Okay, two of us. All right. Y'all so sinful. I should have saved those, uh, those gift cards for the ones who brought their physical Bibles. Man, it's good to be here. Listen, we've been in a series. Uh, grab, grab your phones. Get to, to your Bible app. Bypass Facebook. Bypass Instagram. Get to your Facebook app. We've been in a series called Widen the Lens where we've been looking at the, um, the contribution of Africans, particularly pertaining to the scriptures. There's so many events and stories. Literally, if you pull out Africa from scripture, you, you literally pull out major events, including the cross of Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says that Jesus was on the road to Golgotha's Hill. And the Bible says that a Roman soldier asked a Cyrenian man, a man from Africa. But today we're going to take a, a bit of a detour because I feel drawn to Psalm 121. Grab your Bibles or your, your devices and meet me in Psalm 121. I will not be here long. I will not be here long, but I feel led to, uh, to preach on Psalm 121. Can we thank God for Pastor Mason uh, being with us here from Freedom Church and First Lady Mason. I heard that he just got ordained overseer today. He doesn't know he's here for his second ordination. Y'all see, stand up so we can look at you. This is the bishop of the third district. Y'all thank God for Pastor C.H., uh, for, for, uh, for Pastor Mason. Grateful for him. All right, we are in Psalm 121. I am excited to preach the word of God. I'm going to just jump right in. If you're there, would you say, yeah? yeah. All right, verse one. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? For my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Underline this next phrase. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. I simply want to preach from the topic. In fact, won't you look at your neighbor and pronounce the topic with me? Say neighbor. neighbor. Come on, y'all know we've been doing the chat room stuff. Like you're, you're physically here. Say neighbor. neighbor. Say oh neighbor. oh neighbor. He is a keeper. Can we thank God for being a keeper? Can we thank God for being a keeper? Let's look to the Lord before we dig in. Father, I simply want to echo the words of Psalm 119. May, we, may you open the eyes of our hearts so we may behold the wondrous things out of your law. It's in Christ's name I pray and give all glory. Amen. I don't know if y'all have picked this up, but we are officially in 2020 and I think I can speak on behalf of the entire, I was going to say room, everyone in the tent, everyone outside of the tent, everyone up and down Herkimer, everyone up and down Fulton and all of Bed-Stuy, all of Brooklyn, all of the country and all of the world. When I say that this has been a rough year, if it's been a rough year, would you just talk back to me just a little bit? It's been an extremely difficult year. 
And when I consider all the difficulties of the year, you know, it, it was almost like we got into 2020 and it, and it felt like we got into the ring with old school Mike Tyson, not, not new tattooed Mike, Mike Tyson, but old school Mike Tyson. You know, there, there, was a, there was a fight that he had where he knocked somebody out in 56 seconds and right after he knocked him out, he did an interview and they said to him, how did you knock him out so quickly? He actually had a plan. And Mike Tyson's response was, everybody got a plan until I punch him in the face. <laughs> and in essence, that's what it feels like going into 2020. Let's be honest, you know you put them goals out there. You had that vision board all creative and you put your stuff up on the vision board. We were ambitious. We had New Year's resolutions. And then we got into January. And we didn't, you know, it didn't take long for us to get punched in the face by Mike Tyson. As soon as you got into January, can I just go through the first five months of the year? It was January 26th when I was preaching and I sat down and a bearer of bad news by the name of Ashton, wave your hand, Ashton, he out there on, on Instagram. I sat down and Ashton whispered to me, Kobe Bryant just died. Couldn't believe it. And it wasn't even like we got long to mourn because we had less than a month before February 23rd hit, February 23rd hit, and there was a young man by the name of Ahmad Arbery who was jogging and was hunted down while he was jogging. But even that, we didn't get time to mourn even in that. Why? Because later on that month, we had a deadly virus, which is why the rhythms of our life have all been rocked, which is why we're all sitting so far apart because we have been rocked by the fact that this virus hit us so hard. That's just February, if you get into March 11, the NBA canceled, I should say suspended the season. I know they back open with a bubble, but in March 11th, in the midst of all of the craziness, they suspended their season. Two days later, there was a 26-year-old, I see somebody had on a t-shirt too, a 26-year-old young lady by the name of Brianna Taylor who wasn't robbing a bank but sleeping. And the cops came into her house and shot up her house, not her bedroom, her house. I'm talking bullets in the bathroom and everywhere. That was just March 13th, March 25th, the world watch as a young black man, Christian black man by the name of George Floyd was pinned to the ground with a knee in his neck while he pleaded with his life. I still am traumatized by the visions of seeing this young man being suffocated to death and having no remorse about it. And that was just the first five months of the year. We didn't even get far into the year before we got hit. And so I think I speak on behalf of everybody when I say that this has been a rough year, but here's something else I noticed. If you change your perspective on the year and you if you just look at the negative stuff, what will happen is we will become depressed but what I notice is that you look at how faithful God has been in the year, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of craziness, you got the audacity to be in church today? Let me put it another way. You shouldn't have made it out of January. You shouldn't have made it past January 1 midnight. But here you are sitting here in church and it is a testament to the faithfulness of God. Let me keep it 100 with you. I have been almost feeling battling depression all year, but something happened earlier this week when I read Psalm 121. Because when I read Psalm 121, I realized that God has been faithful to us. 
God has been committed to us. God has kept us. God has protected us. If you're a part of Epiphany Church, uh, you, you will notice that I, I often bring to you this theological phrase called melodic line. Somebody say melodic line. Say it a little bit louder. Say melodic line. A melodic line is simply, it's a musical term, it's a succession of notes that make up a sequence. In the scriptures, there's a guy by the name of David Helm who coins the term melodic line, basically saying when there's a reoccurring theme or a reoccurring word that's in a passage or in a chapter, pay attention. Because that reoccurring word is absolutely necessary for our spiritual growth, there's a reoccurring word that happens in Psalm 121. Y'all are more spiritual than me, so y'all probably picked it up. It took me about Wednesday to pick up that this word keeps showing up. Can, can, I, can I point this word out to you? In verse number three, the Bible says, he who keeps you. Don't miss that. Verse number four says, behold, he who keeps Israel. Verse number five, the Lord is your keeper. Verse number seven, he says it twice. The Lord will keep you from all evil and he will keep your life. Verse number eight, the Lord will keep your going out and he will keep your coming in. Over and over again, the psalmist is pleading with us to understand that God is a keeper and he does so by pinning the coin, melodic line. He is constantly saying, and whenever the psalmist says a phrase over and over again, he's not at a loss of words. That he, he's not right here, right, right now, confused on what the next step is. Sometimes when I'm preaching, I lose my place and I'll repeat myself over and over and over again until I find my place. That is not what the psalmist is doing. The psalmist is not repeating himself over and over again. The psalmist is trying to get you to understand that the God that you serve is a protector and a keeper. That's what the psalmist is trying to get us under, uh, to understand and what I know about the keeping power of God is God is not only able to keep you when you want to be kept, but the God we serve is able to keep you even when you don't want to be kept, even when you're ready to throw it all away. The God that you serve is able to keep you. I, I know that there's somebody out here that 2020 has been rough and there have been several moments where you were ready to throw it all away. You were ready to give up. You were ready to walk even away from God. But what I love about the relationship that we have with God is the strength of your relationship is not dependent on you keeping yourself, but it's dependent on the fact that God is able to keep you. You should look at your neighbor and just say, God has kept me, He's kept me. Yo, why y'all not talking? Say, God has kept me. My, my grandmother would say it this way, he's kept me from danger seen. Oh, y'all grandma knew how to talk too. Kept me from danger seen and un unseen. He's kept me from stuff that I don't even know he's kept me from. He's kept me from stuff this year that I don't even have record of. I don't, have, I don't have knowledge of, I don't have understanding of, and you'll know it better when you get into heaven, but right now, he's just keeping you. you. You ever been on your way out the house and you left the iron on, so you had to run back in the house, you had to plug the iron back in, and you, you're about to get in the car, and, and you realize you left your phone back in the house, and you had to run back in to get your phone, and you finally got in the car, and you were driving, and there was an accident up ahead? See, we don't know how providentially God keeps us. But when I read Psalm 121, I get led on the fact that the God that we serve is able to keep you. And he keeps you even when you don't want to keep yourself. He keeps your relationship intact. 
Because one of the things I know about my relationship with the Lord, if I could walk away, I would. But I can't walk away. Why can't I walk away? Because it's not me. The perseverance of my relationship with the Lord is not dependent on my strength, but God's strength. Let me slip a little Bible there. It's John chapter 10, verse 28. I give them eternal life and they will not perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. God is able to keep us, but he's not just keeping you physically. Some of us he's kept mentally. Is there anybody that know you should be plumb crazy right now? Like all of the stuff you went through in 2020 and 2019, 2018, all of the stuff in the hell that you went through, the fact that you are still in your right mind is proof that God is not able to just keep you physically. But the God that we serve is able to keep us even mentally. I don't know about y'all, but I know in moments of depression, I know I should have lost my mind. I know I should be crazy, but I praise God that for a God that is able to keep me. I know we're in the middle of a sermon, and y'all have been pretty much quiet unless the worship team was singing, but can we spend 10 seconds just praising a God that has kept you? Y'all too cute and too quiet and still sitting down. I said, praise a God that has kept you all 2020. to keep us and here's the question you should be asking what does he keep me from there's several things that the psalmist has said that he keeps us from but there's something that I ask you to underline in verse 3 that he kept us from that really stuck out to me this week and verse 3 says he will not let your foot be moved I'm reading from the ESV version he will not let your foot be moved. Now the English language does not do this word, uh, has not translated this word well. I'll say it this way. The original uh, Old Testament, the original language of the Old Testament was this, uh, was this language called Hebrew. And in Hebrew, this word actually doesn't mean he kept your foot from moving. This word actually means slip. In other words, the CSB Bible reads it this way. He will not let your foot slip. And I love this because slipping precedes falling. Don't don't miss this. If I was to walk on this stage and I'm I'm walking back and forth and I slip, that doesn't mean I fell. That actually means the opposite. It means I almost fell. So in other words, the God that you serve in 2020 didn't just keep you from falling on your face. The God that you serve kept you on your feet. Somebody ought to know that we serve a God that keeps us from even slipping. Let me put a little bit more Bible here. Psalm chapter 73 verse 2 says, but as for me, my foot almost slipped. He said, I nearly lost my foothold. Jude chapter 1 verse 24, now unto him who is able to keep you from falling. I love this because he's not just keeping us from falling, but he's kept you standing. And many of you don't even know how God has kept you standing this year. But the fact that you are here is, the, is, 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 is proof that God is able to keep you. Keep me from what? He keeps me from, from, from slipping. Slipping how, Pastor B? Slipping in entanglements. Uh-oh. God, God is able to keep us from slipping into sin. In fact, verse seven says he keeps us from evil. God is able to keep you, brothers, from slipping into her DMs. I need y'all to be honest now. The ladies is like, nah, Pastor B, he's slipping in my DMs. He's, he's in my DMs. God is able to keep you from slipping back into old habits. 
That God is able to keep you from slipping back into the dysfunction that you used to be in. God is able to keep you from slipping back into porn. Can I get somebody that's honest in here that say, I struggle just a little bit. God is able to keep you from slipping. He's able to keep you from slipping back into smoking weed. That's the type of God that we serve, a God that is a keeper. Look at your neighbor and say, he's a keeper. Look at your neighbor and say, he's a keeper. And I, I don't care. Here's the crazy thing. I'm not talking. See, a lot of times when we talk about sin, a lot of times we think about the most dysfunctional people. I'm talking to you spiritual Christian folk. You, you, you realize, like, you never graduate from the ability to be able to slip. I don't, I don't care how spiritual you are. I don't care how long you've been in church. I, I really don't care how, how uh, my pastor got on his clergy collar. You can have 10 of them wrapped around your neck. I don't care how much scripture you memorize. None of us are past the point of slipping. And what we need is a God that is able to keep us from slipping. Many of our spiritual lives are like a volcano where sin is bent up and pent up in us. And at the right time, if the right person walked by, if, if the right text message hits your phone at the right time, you yourself will slip. But I love the Bible because the Bible tells me that the God I serve in verse 3 is able to keep me from slipping. Jesus doesn't just, he, Jesus saves you from the penalty of sin, but he doesn't save you from the presence of it. You all look around and say, I'm, I'm surrounded around sin. Okay, you, you don't think you're surrounded around sin. Let me go deeper. Sin is in you. I need somebody that struggle a little bit at two o'clock in the morning, somebody that can be honest, that say sin is in me, sin is in your thoughts. If I was to take a screen right now and put a screen and put all of your thoughts on the screen, you would run out of here embarrassed. I would run out of here embarrassed. Why? Because sin is all around us. And so don't you ever think you've graduated from the ability to be able to slip. And don't you allow this quarantine to stop you from your relationship with the Lord because it is your relationship with the Lord that keeps you from slipping. Don't you allow this seven months to mess your spiritual walk up. Some of you just gave your life to the Lord. Some of you have been walking with God. Some, some of you have accountability and somewhere along the line, your accountability begin to fizzle out because you wanted to do you, boo. You got to be careful of the ability to slip. And, you know, in the slipping season, you know, it is crazy. The enemy knows how to make even the person you're not attracted to be cute. Girl, like, listen, I'll never date him. He is so ugly, but he nice. Somewhere along the line, it's in the slipping season that if you're not careful, you can fall. But I love this because the Bible says not you are able to keep yourself from slipping, but connect to God because it is God that is able to keep you from slipping. It's God that catches us in those moments. I got a few more minutes because I said I didn't want to preach long today. Here's what we know so far. Number one, God is able to keep us six times. The psalmist says he keeps me. He keeps me. He's a keeper. He keeps me. He keeps me. He keeps Israel. He keeps us. He keeps our going out and our coming in. And here is the question. How long does he keep me? Because if he keeps me just today, I'm, I'm messed up tomorrow. If he keeps me just 2020, I'm messed up 2021. But the God you serve doesn't just keep you for a little bit of time, but if you've given your life to Jesus, he keeps you until he comes back for you. 
Okay, y'all don't believe me. I'm glad you don't believe me. Verse 8 says the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in. Watch the duration from this time forth. Is that in your Bible? From this time forth and forevermore, God is able to keep me. He doesn't just keep me for a little while. And what I love about God keeping, keeping me all the way until he comes back from me is Along the journey of your Christian walk, there will be moments where you slip and you do fall. But here's what I love about God. And this is not a license for you to slip and fall. But here's what I love if you do. The Bible says you have an advocate. You have an advocate that's sitting on the right hand of the Father. So every time you fall, Jesus is on the right hand of the Father. He's saying, I died for that one. Oh, 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 what did he do? He slipped in her DMs. I died for that one too. What, what else did he do? He, he got drunk. I died for that one too. What? He back in weed. I died for that one too. And I need somebody that know you slipped a few times to give God a praise because you have a advocate with the Father. The Bible says that he keeps us constantly. And you got to understand something. Your capacity to sin is not greater than God's capacity to forgive you. Let me say that again. Your capacity to sin is not greater than God's capacity to forgive you. The cross of Jesus Christ was actually strong enough to save you from the deepest sin. Look at men in the Bible. Paul got saved? Bruh, Paul. Peter got saved? Like, like seriously, these are some of the most dysfunctional men and women in the Bible, but the Bible says that God's cross is strong enough to save even the most wicked. And I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are, but maybe I'm talking to you. Maybe you feel like God can't love me. God definitely ain't gonna love me until he come back for me. But I am here to tell you that God will love you from this moment all the way until he comes back for you. Because the God that we serve is a keeper. Romans chapter 5 verse 20 says, where sin increase, grace abounds all the more. Every sin that's in your life, grace overflows it. And if you're asking the question, well, is grace a license to sin? You missed it. If you're, if you're asking the question, is grace going to allow me to just continue in this dysfunctional life? No, 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 no. Grace doesn't allow you to continue in the entanglement. It exposes it and you fall more in love with Jesus. So he says, I, I keep them. How, how long do I keep them? I keep them from this time forth and forevermore. And God's greatest commitment to you, please don't miss this. If you miss everything else, cool, but don't miss this. God's greatest place to see his commitment to you is the cross of Jesus Christ. There is no other place to see God's commitment to you like looking at the cross of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, that we were dead in our sins, but God made us alive. And he says this, with the great love, he loved you. God didn't just love you. God doesn't just love you. He loves you with great love. And the greatest place to see that commitment is the redemption that Jesus brings on the cross because it is on the cross of Jesus Christ that Christ got what you deserved and you get what Christ deserved, which is redemption and freedom. I need somebody that is happy and grateful that Jesus willingly died for your sin. Like, listen, I, I want you for a second to get that the most gross sin on your mind. Okay, don't, don't, like forget all the spiritual stuff. If you're serving, if you're volunteering, you got on this, these, these shirts, it's killing my eyes, but if you got on these, 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 these neon shirts, I want you too, to get this on your mind, get the most deepest sin. I'm talking that one that you ain't tell nobody about. 
that one that nobody know. You, 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 you're too ashamed of it. That, that one sin, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm taking that one to my grave. Guess what? That one, Jesus died for. And his ability to forgive you so much greater than the depth of that sin. And, and like, forget, I know, I know how it is. We come to stuff like this and we put on our church face. I ain't see y'all in a while, so I'm going be nice and I'm going to have my No, no, listen, listen. Like, God actually wants to do a work in your life even today. Like, today. That there is something that God wants to do in your life, and I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care if you just gave your life to the Lord while the worship team was singing, God can do something in your life, and the cross is the best place that we see it. Every head bow and every eye closed. Can we just play something soft? 2020 has been rough. It's been hard. There was a few times I messed up. There's a few times I didn't do right. There's a few times I wasn't faithful to God. Maybe it wasn't a few. Maybe you're in a cycle of sin. Let me go deeper. Maybe you don't even know it's sin. Maybe you don't even know the depth of that dysfunction. I want to slow it down for a minute because I, I, I simply want to offer you something that nobody else will offer you today in Brooklyn. Forget the gift cards. I want to offer you a chance to get it right by giving your life to Jesus. Like, I, I, don't, I don't believe in bamboozling people to Jesus. I don't believe in scare ta tactics. I believe in presenting Jesus to you because when Jesus comes in your life, I promise you everything else in your life will become secondary because he's that powerful. When Jesus was betrayed over 2,000 years ago and he went to the cross, the Bible says, with the joy set before him, like, what joy could there be in the cross? Can every head bow? What joy could there be in the cross? The Bible says that they literally pulled the very beard out of Jesus' face. They blindfolded him and struck him in the face and say, prophesy to us which one of us struck you. They gave him vinegar. They pierced him in his side. They beat him 39 lashes with a cat o' nine tails, literally ripping his flesh to shreds. What joy is there in the cross? Here's the joy, this moment. Because he knew 2,000 years later, there would be a young man or a young woman that said, I want to give my life to the Lord Jesus. Like, that's why I did it. That's why I died for him. The joy that set before me, I endured the cross. That was the joy. You are the joy. You know, in that Jude verse that I mentioned when I said that he's able to keep you from falling, you, you know the second part of that says, and present you blameless. Like, think of you and think about blameless. Think of you and think about perfect. Let me help you out. Boo-boo, you can be blamed for a lot this morning. I, I ain't nowhere near spotless. But he doesn't just keep you from falling. He presents you to God the Father as spotless, as a trophy piece, as perfect. That's blameless. So I don't know who I'm talking to. Listen, I, I promise you we're not I, social distancing, so we ain't laying hands. If you know I'm talking to you, would you do me a favor? I just want to pray for you. Nothing spooky, nothing deep. Would you come down to this altar 
Like we ain't got a lot of time. If you know I'm talking to you with boldness, come down to the altar and say, you know what? I need to get it together. There's two people I'm talking to. Number one, the person that knows you don't know Jesus. You want to give your life to him today. I want you down here. But I'm also talking to the second person that has felt disconnected from the Lord. You have felt like the Lord hasn't been keeping you. You have felt like the Lord hasn't been protecting you, but you came here today up under this tent for me to tell you that God has been protecting you. If you know that your relationship with the Lord could be tighter, or you know you don't have one with the Lord, listen, no gimmicks. I, I ain't got nothing else but Jesus. I ain't got nothing else to offer you. If you know I'm talking to you with boldness, would you come down to the altar so I can pray to, for, for you? I see you coming. Come on, I see you coming. Thank you, brother. I see you coming. Thank you, my sister. Who is it that I'm talking to? Even if you're on the outside of the tent, come on down here. There's room for you. Listen, ain't no judgment. My G, we all kneeling at the cross. Ain't none of us standing beating our chest. Come on down here. Y'all come on down. There's some of you that still got that spiritual face on. Okay, let me, let me, I'm talking to yellow shirts now. There's some of you that are hiding behind serving and you're fooling up. You're playing games. Who is it that I'm talking to? That needs to get it right. Thank you, my sister coming down. Can y'all help my sister? Please help my sister. She's okay. I'm gonna go, but you know, listen, I pray God mess your week up if you don't get down here and you know I'm talking to you. Pray mess the whole week up, every day. Who am I talking to? I'm gonna give it one more second. Who is it? Who is it? There, more, there needs to be more yellow shirts. More yellow shirts here. Because the quarantine, there it is. The quarantine has kept you from growing. Father, I thank you so much for each and every person that is up here. Father, these are your sons. These are your daughters. Father, would you help them to realize they are not what they did? Would you help them to realize there is no shame in Jesus? Would you help them to realize that you are a deliverer and they can overcome? Father, put it in your heart that they actually can walk with you. I know sometimes it feels so hard too. We look around and there's so much around us that's enticing us and so many shiny objects. But Father, would you be the most beautiful thing in our life? Would you be that one thing in our life, oh God, that when we see you, we see the fleetingness of everything else. Everything else pales into comparison to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Father, would you give them spiritual strength See these babies up here. Would you give them spiritual strength? These kids, oh God, I pray for their spouses. We don't even know who they are. Father, send them God-fearing people into their life. And so Father, we, we, we look forward to the testimonies that will come out of those that came to the altar. We realize there ain't nothing spooky and deep in the altar. The commitment, it has to be made to you to the altar because at the end of the day Father we're going to break this stage down in an hour but it is you oh God that keeps us up 
It is the altar that is ever before us that keeps us pleading with you. So Father, would you show them that the cross was strong enough? That they can actually overcome? Would you help them to see that the cross isn't just our ticket to heaven, but it's our ticket to godliness? So Father, I thank you for your keeping power. Bless the remainder of this service for your glory and for your honor. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Can we thank God for those that came down to this altar? You may have your seat. We're about to go into another song that talks about what a savior we have. Isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah, Christ has risen.